This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome. Welcome to the program. I am <laughs> super excited about our intro music. Come on. How can you not love that? It is so good. Uh, so, yeah, here we are. Another fantastic news day. And what we're working on for today is we have a ton of different things. In fact, I, I have this really good um, list of all the racist things that the squad members have said. And, you know, there's a reason why we would want to go over that. And the reason is that they've since had this their little confab with... Uh, a member of the media, Gail King. And Gail King said that, you know, she thought they were interesting and they had a lot to say. Pardon me. Which means that she's giving them a pass for everything else they've said that is not interesting, right? The things that they've said that are incorrect. Uh, so it's it's fascinating. And I want to point everybody over to StaceyOnTheRight.com. That's where you're going to find the best stream of the show. If you want to watch it live between 2 and 3 p.m. Central Time, you can also call in and join the program at 866-766-1776, 866-766-1776. And we'd love to talk to you if you want to join in and, and chat with us. Uh, additionally, today on the program, we're going to dive into synthetic methamphetamines that's been laced with... Um, wasp spray and it's killing folks yeah so we'll talk about that a rail firm has been fined one million euros for a guy who he went into an unoccupied car where it's a conductor car so you know how when the train depending on which direction it's going in one of the conductor cars is empty and there's a little window in there that they didn't think to secure because they didn't think anybody would be dumb enough to stick their head out of it and so this dude did And then also we're going to cover this whole Area 51, let's storm it and see the aliens thing. Uh, It's about to go down. And I think some people might be sorely disappointed in the effectiveness of just having 1.5 million people show up, which, first of all, who really thinks 1.5 million people will show? A lot of people will show up and they're going to be put down by the military pretty quick. Um, The Air Force does not play around, nor do any of our armed forces. And I think it's going to be pretty funny. So we'll dive into that as well. Um, I want to give you the call lines one more time, 866-766-1776, if you want to join us. So let's start off with um, this story about the the Air Force and them warning against storming Area 51. So when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it's just, a, you know, some kids, right? Some kids, they're thinking about doing this because it seems like something fun to do. And, um, you know, what they'll what they'll probably end up with is like maybe four people will show up. Well, that's interesting, but it's actually a lot more than that. It's, it's a lot more people than that have actually signed up for the online Facebook event. And the Air Force has been asked about it, and they've said, look, we're aware. We know that this event is there. We know that, that this is going to happen, and so we're, we're prepared for it. And when they say they're prepared, they're prepared with crowd control. Now, I don't know if you've ever been over to uh, any of the, the different spots you can kind of go to for, uh, for like, you can find out different things that the military is testing. There are websites for it. And I stumbled upon one of them. And one of the things that the military has at its disposal that most civilians don't know about is this technology where this piece of technology, they aim it in the direction of an individual or a crowd. And when they do that, it emits a sound and the sound's frequency is so terrifying to human beings that human beings just fall to the ground. Um, sometimes they, they scream. It's, it's almost like a form of torture. It's the frequency of the sound that they're emitting in your direction. And it literally, it's like they hit you with it and you can't stand it. You fall to the ground. You begin to scream and writhe in pain. They move it away from you, like just slightly change its direction so you're no longer inside of its beam and you're fine. You're, you're, you're trying to recover because you've been hit with something you don't understand what it is, but you're able to then function again. Um, 
I got to say, I'm really surprised that with all of the things we see on television, like if you watch any of the, the sci-fi shows, a lot of that stuff, people think, oh, Hollywood leads the military. Well, in some ways, the creatives in Hollywood have in the past led the military, but now military development has gotten to the degree where the military actually has things that they let a little peep out about it, and then Hollywood picks it up and makes weapons similar to it and puts it into movies. So the the our defense complex, the defense industrial complex, is ahead of Hollywood. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't have people that can fly yet, but we have a lot of things that the military has access to. I mean, think of the laser attacks that the Russians leveled against some of our pilots, and they had hearing loss and, and some, some sight loss because of that. The, these things are, are real, like lasers are real, and so are these, these beams that they can fire at you to cause you intense, excruciating pain. Now, I'm not saying they're going to use that on civilians, but I am saying who would be dumb enough to put themselves in the line of fire for something like that? And for what? If you really think that there are aliens, why not file a freedom of information request, right? (laughs) File a FOIA request and demand that they give you the information or access that you're looking for instead of putting your physical body in harm's way. At very minimum, they'll get pepper sprayed, which is very unpleasant as well. Um, So here's the, the information. The Air Force has actually issued a warning to people saying, do not storm Area 51. Storm Area 51, they can't stop all of us, has reached 1.5 million people who've marked going. Another 1.2 million people have marked themselves as interested. So 2.7 million people are involved in this ridiculousness, which is coincidentally roughly the population of the St. Louis metropolitan area. So we're talking about the whole area. So St. Louis City, St. Louis County, St. Charles County, Um, If you encompass all of those areas, that's about how many people we have here. So they're saying they're going to show up or they're interested in it. Now, the United States Air Force is aware of the Facebook post. An Air Force spokesperson, Laura McAndrews, was speaking to ABC News, and she said the Nevada Test and Training Range is an area where where the Air Force tests and trains combat aircraft. As a matter of practice, we do not discuss specific security measures, but any attempt to illegally access military installations or military training areas is dangerous. Um, Now, speaking of test aircraft sites, I used to work at 85th Test Squadron uh, on when I was on active duty in the Air Force on Eglin Air Force Base. And we had test ranges. So in Florida, they have all of these sand dunes and little inlets where there's just a little bit of, of land there. And you, when you're driving by it on the highway, you just look at it and you think, oh, that's a dune. But it, it's really a place where the Air Force will sometimes drop, they'll drop little uh, munitions into it. They'll fire rockets into it. Um, they, they do all kinds of little tests. And so the test range is actually in what you would consider to be a civilian area because you can see it. And I was on active duty and I had a secret security clearance. My husband had a TS. And neither of us had access to any information on the test ranges. Even when I transferred into 85th Test Squadron and I worked with the pilots who flew the test runs and tested not just the aircraft, but the the munitions, the, the rockets, bombs, you name it. I still didn't have any idea how many runs a day they were doing, um, where, where specifically they were at any given point. All of that information was kept from me and my husband never had access to it. So I'm the reason I'm pointing that out is that if I was on active duty with a secret security clearance and I couldn't get access to information about where the tests were being run and all of that, then how in the world do these people think they're going to be given access to this military installation? People love to call it Area 51, which is one of its names and, and you know, you know, so be it. But it is not actually known as Area 51 um, among active duty service people. They are talking about a test range. It's called Nevada Test and Training Range. And it is no different than any other military installation in its security level, security measures, things that they're doing to make sure that... um it's kept safe and free from intrusion, whether it's by Americans who feel they have a right to the information, which you do have a right to to actually request the information. You just don't have a right to show up and demand it at your schedule. Uh, so there's another um, this there's another bit of information about this test range. 
It's the largest contiguous air and land space available for peacetime operations in the world. It contains 2.9 million acres of land, 5,000 square miles of airspace, and the facility is also used by the Department of Energy for testing, research, and development. And all of that space that I've just described to you in its entirety is completely and utterly restricted to civilian traffic. So it's not available for you to tour. It's not a place that you can, if your relative works there, you can get a pass and head on in and take a look. It is closed. So the rest of the statement, which um, they actually spoke to Joseph Gratisher. He's a spokesperson for Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information Warfare. He was asked back in May about a similar situation and whether or not people would be permitted to come on to the facility. And he said, quote, for safety and security concerns, the Navy and the U.S. Air Force take these reports very seriously and investigate each and every report. As part of this effort, the Navy has updated and formalized the process by which reports of any such suspected incursions can be made to the cognizant authorities. So what that says to me, that little bit of, you know, word salad there, is that they know who started the Facebook post, who, who, who created the group. They're aware of the people who are within the vicinity who have said that they're going. So individuals who have, have marked themselves as going to this event, storming Area 51, they're aware of these people's addresses, where they work. Uh, they've compiled a little database. Some person, some, some you know, TSI or above cleared individual, someone we, we would have called a pencil pusher because I was, I was a pencil pusher back when I was in the Air Force. It's, it was our nickname for people who are, we were desk jobs. We had jobs in offices, air-conditioned offices with computers. And some pencil pusher has compiled an, a, an Excel spreadsheet or access database with all of the relevant information that has been imported from all of the different security agencies. And NSA has sent them over a bunch of files electronically, and they are aware of everyone who's involved. And so what they're hoping is that nothing pans out. But a bunch of really interesting, highly worded, and very neatly typed emails have been sent out on official letterhead to relevant people in these departments to alert them of plans and contingency plans just in case these people decide to make something like this happen. So why am I sharing all of this? Because you guys are the people who have sense. You listen to this show. You're not nincompoops who would actually storm a military installation. But sometimes the show gets shared. And I'm often surprised by the people who email me and say, I heard your show today and I hate you. Or I heard your show today and you're awesome. (laughs) It's hardly ever anything in between. And so I'm putting this out there for the record. And it'll be up on the podcast. Because I want to prevent folks from being hit by the laser beam, you know, of whatever that is that makes you feel writhing in, in excruciating pain or, you know, meeting physical force at Area 51, which, again, I just want to point out Area 51 is actually its official name is the Nevada Test and Training Range. <laughs> so don't say I didn't warn you if you find yourself laying on the ground suddenly and you can't figure out why your your ears are bleeding and you're you know rolling around on the ground and you can't figure out why like what's happening to me don't say that your girl didn't warn you this could happen to you so don't be a nincompoop don't go to area 51 just file a FOIA request and look at all the different stories that have been broken from people who've filed FOIA requests and successfully gotten information from our government it can be done if you really want to know what's going on inside of the Nevada Test Center um, you know, follow the appropriate channels and I bet you anything you're going to be able to get some information that might be interesting that you can put on your blog or your conspiracy theory website and enjoy yourself. Um, so yeah, so I want to give a, a shout out. I see a lot of people are checking in on Facebook live stream. Hey, everybody. Um, when we get back from the break, we're going to be talking a little bit of politics. Apparently, President Trump's approval rating over at Rasmussen has popped to 50%. And liberals are totally ticked off about it. I spent some time on Twitter this morning and these people were losing their minds. It was fascinating to watch because Rasmussen has him at 50. All of the other anti-Republican polls have the president at 46%. So the difference is around 4 to 5%, right? Depending on which poll you're looking at. So are they mad because Rasmussen says it's 50 Rasmussen has gotten a few things wrong in the past, which all pollsters have gotten. Anybody remember the 98% chance President Trump would lose? Uh, 
Yeah, so we'll discuss that and the squad and their racist comments. All right, you stay right there. We'll be right back. faucet running that's not a faucet that's a river rushing through the forest forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink what i can't hear you because of the vacuum that's not a vacuum that's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe i didn't know the trees were so amazing yep and the forest gives us shade trees to climb that's awesome let's go explore some more visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you to learn more about the forest and find one near you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the ad council what if i could tell you that a full-blown wildfire was going to occur tomorrow right where you live. Tell you exactly which neighborhoods it would engulf and how fast it would do it. The first thing you would do is talk with your loved ones and make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a wildfire will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you make a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, Uglyville! Every ugly doll is unique. I'm Moxie. Bobo. Wait. Those close to me call me Slick Doll. Which is not his name. And every child is, too. They can be pretty lovable. That's why when you travel, you should make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size. That sounds pretty great to me. Keep them safe by visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Isn't that right, gibberish cat? (laughs) Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Hey friends, don't forget to head over to stacyontheright.com and also I, I put my latest piece up over there which I quickly just want to share with you because um, it's about E-Verify and the Sun Sentinel e-paper. So they have an e-newspaper that's color and it's interactive where you can flip through it. I think you can get a paper copy by subscription, but I wasn't really sure when I saw that they were the ones who picked it up. But if you head over to StaceyOnTheRight.com, you can find the article that I wrote and it's about e-verify. And it's an interesting story because it involves the Trump sons and it involves the, um, the actual Trump company, their corporation. So it turns out that President Trump could actually il- end the illegal immigration crisis with a single phone call to his sons to find out how Eric and Don Jr. actually took care of their issues because they recently made a directive to all Trump organization properties to start using E-Verify mandatory. So they, they basically said, no more, use it if you want. You have to use it. And I think it's because, let's let's face it, they actually had some really embarrassing um, news stories about people working at Trump hotels and golf courses and stuff like that who were illegal aliens and they were arrested in raids. And so it was really embarrassing for them. So after they issued their directive about using E-Verify, 
and fired all of the people that they um, basically they adopted the system. They uncovered the illegal aliens working in their midst. They fired them, dozens of them, in fact, and then they filled the vacant positions with Americans, but they had to increase the wages to get people to come on. And so if Trump required all U.S. businesses to follow and implement E-Verify, the border crisis would resolve itself virtually overnight. So it's a pretty good piece. It's not long. It takes you about two minutes to read. And I was really happy to see that it got picked up so that it can be shared around. Um, and I'm appreciative of the Sun Sentinel for putting it up on their e-paper. That's pretty cool to be on the digital side, which is something we're really like. We're super happy about being digital like we like it. Um, and then I wanted to say a huge thanks. I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday, but just to make sure. Thanks to... Um, Everyone that I got a chance to interact with yesterday at the Thrive Luncheon, and thanks so much to Thrive for having me out to be the MC. It was a fun event. It was great to shake hands and meet people that I, some of them I just know them on Facebook, and so it's nice to meet them. It was a really nice reaction from that crowd when I made a, just a brief announcement that I wasn't with AFR anymore and I was all digital, and how God has been working in this process, and how He sent me, you know, Noah Chalaya of AskNoahShow.com um, to help get the new thing off the ground and just all of it. It's just been such an adventure. And so I wanted to say thanks to the people that I met there yesterday, some of whom have been to my blog and made comments. And so it's very nice. Um, so now. So you check that article out on E-Verify. It's over there at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Um, so then I promised you we'd talk about this list of racist statements made by the squad members. Now, y'all know, first of all, I, I think it's funny. I want to just start off by setting the ground here. I think it's funny that the squad members think that they should be treated special because they're all, quote unquote, women of color. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of friends in my life, you know, these years I've been walking and stalking this earth. And I have had more than one friend who was of the untanned, unpermanently tanned variety, so a white person, a white woman who's my friend, who, for all intents and purposes, we were very similar in skin tone. Like in the dead of winter, when I have had no sun, me and this white friend would be like just a hair off of each other, like a shade or a half a shade. So to call yourself a woman of color, it has a certain designation in this country, obviously, and it for a while, black people were called people of color. You know, we've been through all these different names. And so I get what they're trying to say. They're all people of color because they're like a Palestinian, a Somalian, um, a black woman, Ayanna Presley, and then Ocasio-Cortez, who is from somewhere south of the border. But that's like not a reason in and of itself to treat you differently. That's like me saying no one can ever say anything critical to me because I'm permanently tanned how's that working out like that's never worked for me I've, I've actually never actually tried but maybe I should have maybe I missed an opportunity here is that what we're coming to you can't criticize a person based on things they've said or things that they believe or policies they're putting forward because they are a person of color that kind of like double standard special treatment set aside that kind that's garbage and I'm I'm not willing to put up with it so here's a list of what they said because I they can say whatever they want to to Nancy Pelosi but I'm not buying it so, Representative Ocasio Occasional Cortex has been using race in her campaign and in her everyday speech and language that she puts out in the public eye since day one. And back in 2018, she actually challenged incumbent Representative Joe Crowley, who's white, on ideological, generational, and racial grounds, arguing that the 10-term congressman was not in step with his majority-minority district and was too cozy with corporate donors. Now, I want to make a point here that's not in this piece that's over at Breitbart. And again, you can find all the show notes over at uh, listen.stacyontheright.com. Okay, work with me here. She challenged him on ideological, generational, and racial grounds. So first of all, Crowley couldn't help that he was the age that he was. He didn't decide to be born when he was born. He's just living and walking this earth, and he's glad about it. I don't agree with any of his policies. I would never defend him on anything. And I would say I agree with her on one issue. Ideologically, Crowley's leadership in that district did not benefit his constituents, and it didn't matter that he was a white Democrat. What matters is that he's a Democrat, right? So she's challenging him on his age and and racial grounds. And then the first thing she does is she drives Amazon out of the, the district that she was elected to and cost them thousands of $150,000 a year jobs. So I would say she's a part of the problem. 
if not more than he was, because I think if he was still in office, as much as I dislike his ideology, he would have helped to solidify that relationship with Amazon to make sure that they came in and did the deal. Now, isn't that something? Like, I think it's kind of funny that she's challenged him on those grounds, but she made that horrible decision. I mean, really an awful decision that costs jobs and livelihood for people who really, they could have used the opportunity. So let's go to the next statement. AOC recently showed, and this is a multiple, she's a multiple time offender on this one, hugely insensitive incendiary comments about Jewish people comparing migrant facilities at the U.S.-Mexico border to concentration camps. Now, as someone who has actually walked at Dachau, we went, I was a kid, I'll never forget it. And we saw the pictures of the emaciated Jewish people, children, elderly, the mass graves, the absolute horror of what the Holocaust was, experimenting on human beings and treating them like animals, injecting the eyeballs of twins with iodine to see what would happen to them. The kinds of experiments that not only have we do we not allow now, I don't think in the history of this country it's ever been lawful to torture an animal for the sake of research. Those kinds of things were done to these human beings by the Nazis. And they did these things in concentration camps. And I want to make this point so you can take it with you wherever you are. If you hear someone say that the detention facilities at the southern border are concentration camps, you can ask them one question. What percentage of the people on the southern border in these so-called concentration camps are being killed? In the concentration camps that were run by the Nazis, 95% of the people who went in were killed systematically, intentionally, deliberately, and successfully. And I say successfully because their intent was to kill. If the, the detention facilities at our southern border were concentration camps of the Nazi kind, then 95% of the people who go in them would die. If you want to compare them to the internment camps that, that the Japanese people were held in at one point in our country's history, again, over 98% of the people in those camps survived. And the ones who did die, died from cancer and tuberculosis. Google is your friend. Bing is your friend. DuckDuckGo is your friend. Don't get me started. I was so riled up this morning, I could barely contain myself. And I try not to get that upset about these stories, about these issues, because I like keeping my blood pressure within a normal range, and I don't like gray hair. But here it is. I cannot tolerate people who won't bother to, because you remember, remember back in the day, let's just, just reminisce for 60 seconds. Do you remember when, if you wanted to learn something, you had to actually get a book out? Do you remember when, if you were interested in learning something and you didn't have that ac- access to that information at your house, you didn't have an Encyclopedia Britannica, you had to go to the library, you had to get in your car or go catch a bus and go to the library, go to the card catalog, forget this computer stuff that we do now, and flip through it, ask the librarian for assistance, go pull a bunch of different research documents and spend a few hours looking up and reading and taking notes to learn what you needed to know. And then... You could smack somebody down with that knowledge. Not on online social media. You had to smack them down in person or by phone. Do you remember that? Now, here we are in the age of an actual computer in your hand. Even the babies have a computer. We were sitting in church last Sunday and there was a baby flipping, swiping with her. Her thumb couldn't have been longer. It wasn't even an inch long. And she was using that tiny little chubby thumb to just swipe on through (laughs) While, while church was going on. I was thinking to myself, well, she's a baby. What could she be reading? Like, what is she looking at? She was just swiping <laughs> pacifier in her mouth. So nowadays when it's easy to get images of what a concentration camp looks like, if you want to compare Donald Trump to Hitler, you can easily find out exactly everything you want to know about Hitler. You can find out everything you want to know about a concentration camp. You can find out what percentage of the people had what disease, how long they were there, how they got there, how long the trains ran, how many mass graves were next to the train site how many of them were killed upon arrival how many of them were sorted and put into different areas how many were gassed do you want to know AOC do you want to know Rashida Tlaib all of you Democrats saying that they're concentration camps if you really want to know if you really want to make that comparison and make it stick how about you make apples compare to apples and actual concentration camps compare to concentration camps and with 
99% of the people who enter our detention facilities actually making it into this country and running around rubbing elbows with you at the Sam's Club and the Aldi and the gas station. How dare you? If you're going to bring something to me as this is a real crisis, which you they all said it wasn't. Every one of them said that this was not a crisis. But now all of a sudden it's a concentration camp. Make up your mind. And while you're making it up, that empty block that you're sitting up there trying to wave and flaunt in our faces with your mouth that just opens and flaps and keeps on running, but nothing substantial comes out, nothing factual comes out. How about you go and figure out just one quick time what a concentration camp is? Because I can tell you right now, bottles and toys and uh, church organizations bringing supplies in. Yeah, the concentration camps stink. They're, they're overcrowded. Yeah, it's not an ideal situation. But if you don't want to be in there, don't come to America and turn yourself in at the border. I, I guarantee you, if we could turn back the hands of time and give the Jewish people an opportunity to decide if they wanted to go to Auschwitz or Dachau, they would have said, no, I don't want my private property and everything we've worked hard for confiscated by the Nazis. I don't want the SS to come and take us away in the middle of the night. I don't want to see the cattle cars going by and then all of a sudden they stop and everybody who's Jewish in our neighborhood gets rounded up and put on one and we don't know where we're going. If you had given them a choice, the same choice that every illegal alien has, they would have stayed where they were and kept working and kept living because they weren't aware that they were about to be exterminated. So the minute we have exterminations going on at our southern border, let me tell you what I'll do. I will get in my car and I will load up my trunk with all of my stuff because I am militia person number one. Just like you are, every one of us is a citizen and we have the right to make citizen arrests. And I will go down there with my camera and I will drive down there with my husband. I'm sure my husband would be happy to take off from work. And if they start gassing people or killing them on the southern border, I'll be the first one down there asking those active duty service members, what are you doing? You are not supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States. You are subverting it. And as a citizen, I'm here to find out why. I'll put my camera on it. I'll put my social media on it. And if I have to, I'll put my life on it because there's no way I would ever support tax dollars of mine going to kill, gas, maim, experiment on, or otherwise mistreat human beings. And I guarantee you, I'm not sitting here a party of one. Every single American I know, because I know a lot of gun owners, we are large and in charge over here in Missouri. We have so many rights. We have stand your ground. We have castle doctrine. And we have some of the best training facilities for concealed carry and civilian unarmed response, which I have graduated from that one. We know our way around the Constitution and firearms. And if we thought that people were being killed, indiscriminately murdered and maimed at the southern border, we would put a stop to it. We're known for our militias around this country. We would not have it, nor would anyone else, nor would the members of our active duty services. If our military were being instructed to kill people, they would not do it. Now, they're going to go overseas and they're going to put down Russian mercenaries and they're going to kill Al Qaeda. But that's a part of what they do when they make war. We're not making war at the southern border. You know it and I know it. And so this incendiary language does nothing but demean the actual social discourse and political discourse that we are meant to engage in in a civil society such as our own. And the reason, and I'll just say it one more time for the good of the order, that President Trump has crystallized these women around this language is because this is where the campaign ads are made. This is where people who are in the middle, who don't pay attention to politics 24-7 the way we do, this is where their minds will be made up. Good, free-thinking individuals understand what a concentration camp is. They understand that people are taken there against their will to die. They understand that every person who's in detention at our southern border has put themselves in that situation by coming to, into our country illegally. And that they don't have to do it. And if any, and did you know, just in case you don't know, if you're in a detention center at the southern border because you've entered the country illegally and you decide that you want to go back home, the U.S. government will take you, put you on an airplane, you and your so-called kids, whatever, they'll send you back to your country. 
right away. Does that sound like a concentration camp to you? So I'll finish going over their comments and more <laughs> right after this. Keep it here. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it, and you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food, cook it, store it, share it, just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and thanks to everybody who's watching on live streams and those who are listening on the podcast. Thanks for sharing the show. Our numbers have really been great. Uh, StacyOnTheRight.com for more. So we were talking about this really fascinating list that they have over here, and I'm just going to run down at bullet point because I did kind of uh, I, I had to I had to go there last segment, but let's let's run down the bullet points. Um, so you recall. Uh, Omar, so for, well, first of all, AOC, she made a couple. Um, so AOC has a record of controversial statements about Israel. She claimed, for example, that Israel had committed a massacre of Palestinian protesters at the border fence last year. Actually, the people who were killed at the border fence of Israel were members of Hamas, and they used a fake protest with innocent people to launch infiltrations and violent attacks against Israel, and she didn't bother to learn what she was talking about. She just put out a, 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 basically another lie. She has also said, uh, I told you about the concentration camp. She refused to apologize for those statements. Um, she's actually rejected an invitation by Israel's Yad Vashem. Um, the U.S. Holocaust Museum and others have invited her to visit actual concentration camp sites, and she has refused. Now, remember, she went to the border dressed all in white, 
and cried and, you know, hammed it up for the camera. But given the opportunity to actually go to an actual concentration camp site where she could smell the burnt flesh and feel the silence and understand what happened, she won't do that. She won't do that. So let's move to Representative Omar. So Omar has a huge, like, mile-long history of anti-Israel statements, anti-Semitic themes. She suggested that Jews control the world. In 2012, she tweeted out, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Um, So Jewish community leaders in Minnesota actually staged an intervention before she took up her seat in Congress she, she, even after that, she continued to make these horrible statements. In February, she tweeted out, it's all about the Benjamins baby, suggesting falsely that American Israel Public Affairs Committee, also known as AIPAC, bribed members of Congress to support Israel. She suggesting, when she says that, that Jews are using money to control Congress. She also claimed that pro-Israel members of Congress owed allegiance to a foreign country, which is far more insulting than saying somebody should go back to where they came from because she really should go back to where she came from. I, I, I don't actually see anything wrong with him saying that. Um, House Democrats passed this resolution condemning anti-Semitism. You might remember that, um, but it was just basically a way to give her cover. She also supported the inflammatory claim about the migrant facilities being concentration camps. Now moving on to Rashida Tlaib, who's a foul mouth and uses, she drops the F-bomb at will and especially uses it to describe the president. And she falsely claimed that 75% of Americans use profanity. Okay, according to who? In February, Rashida Tlaib, who says she's more Palestinian than she is American, called housing and urban development official Lynn Patton, who happens to be black, a prop because she was in the gallery during a hearing where members of Congress were debating whether or not the president was a racist, which, as an aside, I just want you to know that the fact that we have debates about whether the president of the United States is a racist in 2019 is so insulting and such a waste of our tax dollars that people should literally be thrown out, like back in the day when they used to actually smack each other with a leather glove and then go out and shoot or fight or joust with the swords or whatever. It was a a matter of your honor. If you were to do something to somebody in the Congress, they would just go out and literally fight about it. They used to grab, they used to hit each other with their, their canes, they used to literally flog each other with sticks. They used to do battle in that room. And that same hollowed space uh, is now being used to debate whether or not the president's a racist. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And then we get to Ayanna Presley. So just hours after, after the president posted his congressional tweets, and you'll remember that from before, just hours after that, she actually told left-wing bloggers at Netroots Nation, we don't need any more black faces that don't want to be a black voice. She assumes that the only legitimate black voice is a leftist, and black Americans were other with who hold other views like myself. We are legitimate targets for racial attacks made by her and her progeny. Look, all the, all the little minions that she has running around. Presley's bio on her official House of Representatives website. This is not a personal page. It's not a campaign page. It's the House of Representatives website that you and I pay tax dollars to maintain implies that a white person cannot represent her congressional district. She says, quote, on this website. The Massachusetts 7th is the most diverse and most unequal district in the state, requiring a representative whose experiences are reflective of the people. So, I mean, obviously, I totally disagree with that. That is just such garbage. Um, As long as I've been alive, we've only had one black president, and I have prospered and done well under all of them, even the black president who thought he was our Lord and Savior, but was totally wrong and blasphemous. And I've somehow been able to survive, even though... The people who've been running this country have largely been white people. I wonder how that works. Oh, uh, you know, could be something to do with culture. So uh, we have we have a good amount of time left. I wanted to get to these other two stories. I mean, and so these are two of those like, who are these people stories or um, th- this is in Pittsburgh. It's in Pennsylvania. Um, but they're reporting the story is on Pittsburgh CBS local. But the reporting is out of Boone County, West Virginia. And so the story is about West Virginians. God bless them. So police in West Virginia say that people are now turning to wasp spray to give them a meth-like high. State police are reporting that wasp spray 
actually works as an alternative to methamphetamine. And this is happening in Boone County. Three people overdosed last week and officials are saying the physical impacts of the spray are erratic behavior, extreme swelling and redness of the hands and feet. So one resident who didn't want to speak on the record said that in his opinion, drugs are so bad around here. It's so available to people that all the time people are trying new things that we wouldn't even think about. Stores in Boone County on Friday sold nearly 30 cans of wasp spray. So what from what we're being told, and this is um, Sergeant Charles Sutphin of the West Virginia State Police, he said, from what we're being told, if you use it, you know, you might use it once or twice and be fine. But the third time when your body hits that allergic reaction, it can kill you. Now, I don't know why that's a surprise because, well, wasp spray is a poison. <laughs> is that worth pointing out here? Is it, is it okay to just say wasp spray is meant to kill wasps and wasps are living beings? So if it can kill a wasp in great enough quantities, it could kill you? I guess that just makes too much sense. So the Boone County Police are working with poison control officials and local medical centers to try to find the best form of treatment for wasp spray. He says, uh, so they, they went and they spoke to this resident. Her name's Diane Ferguson. She said, we have great grandbabies and to think what they're going to grow up in and what's going to be available to them and that people are going to try to get them to try. It's really scary. So, um, wow. So a couple of other things before we get to our last little bit there. Um, you might have seen that Cherie, her name is Cherie Murray, and she's trending on, oh, what's the name of it? Um, I don't know why, but my camera looks a little blurry here for some reason. Um, Cherie Murray is trending on Twitter right now. And the reason she's tw- trending is because um, she is running against AOC. Now, Cherie Murray, I've known her for a while. She's actually been on the program before. She's a fantastic Republican strategist, and she's had a bunch of different really cool jobs, actually. She immigrated into the United States lawfully at the age of nine years old, and her parents are from Jamaica. And she's a Republican, and she's running against AOC. And so if you go to Twitter, especially on my Twitter feed and on Facebook, I posted the story on Fox News where they actually have her campaign video, and it's just launched Oh my goodness, the video is amazing. She actually highlights misstatements by AOC and then she compares her views to them because they're both immigrants. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a perfect, um, it's just perfect. It's, it's like the perfect foil. Now, can she win? I, I think anything's possible. AOC won her primary with 8,000 votes. So that means, obviously, and she's hugely unpopular even in her district, that she would need that Cherie Murray would need more than that to win, you know, in the general. But remember, AOC never went to the general because she won the primary. There was no race to run. I I shouldn't say she never went to the general. There was no race to run for the general because the district is heavily Democratic. But with them being dissatisfied with her, meaning AOC, stopping Amazon from coming in with those jobs, I think there's a chance that Cherie could win. I think there's more than a chance. And if the GOP... And the RNC and the White House all throw in behind her. Well, this could be an interesting race. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. Now, I know this might seem a little funny to you. You might say another story about someone who seems a little bit on the stupid side. Yeah. And not to speak ill of the dead or anything. I got nothing against this guy. I don't know him. But come on, y'all. This story is crazy. This is out of Great Britain. East Grinstead, West Sussex. The guy's name is Simon Brown. He's 24 years old. And he was riding a train um, that is operated by Govia Thameslink Railway. Now, the, the train operator has actually been fined 1 million euros because he went to the conductor car and stuck his head out of the window. And one of the, you know, the signal gantry, it, you know, swings back and forth and it basically lets people know that a train is coming. He stuck his head out of the window at just the opportune time to have his head hit by the train gantry, which then, of course, killed him. The impact killed him. Now, GTR has actually pled guilty to health and safety breaches 
um, because of what happened. Because they're saying, I guess it was our fault because we didn't secure the car to prevent him from going in there. So the person who killed himself, he, they're not giving, he's, he's bearing no responsibility for the act that he took, which was to stick his head out of the window. Now, the reason this story is important is because this is Great Britain, which is much further along the liberal spectrum than we are here in this country. They're full-blown socialism. They have single-payer health care. They they're not allowed to own guns. They're not allowed to defend themselves at home if an intruder comes in and they have a bat by their bed to try to beat the intruder off from beating them up or raping them or robbing them. If the intruder approaches them in their bed and begins to hit them and they pick the bat up and defend themselves, they can be sued by the intruder and the police have to prosecute them for premeditated assault. They're not assaulting anyone. They're defending themselves. They're in their own bed and they're defending themselves. This is where Great Britain is. They also believe that if a person, a 24-year-old grown man, goes and sticks his head out of the window, that the window, that's whoever owns the window is responsible for him and his behavior, not he himself. Why this story is important is because I want to paint for you a picture of the future here in America where any nincompoop who hurts themselves because they're stupid then the company that's nearby, they happen to be near the company, they're using something that's owned by a company, some person goes and climbs up the scaffolding, the, the racks, you know how the racks at Home Depot and Lowe's and even Sam's Club, they go up high. And if you climb up it and no one was there to prevent you from doing it and you fall and hurt yourself or kill yourself, then Sam's Club is on the hook for your death instead of you being responsible for being a total idiot. That's what happens when you let liberals run everything. There's no, no one's ever responsible for anything, only corporations, just corporations. They're the boogeyman. They're the bad guy. They built the scaffolding or the the racks up too high and they didn't have guards at the corner of every scaffolding to prevent people from doing that. So just, just listen to this. Sentencing the company at Southwark Crown Court on Wednesday, Judge Jeffrey Pedgin, QC, ordered the firm to pay 1 million euros as a fine and also ordered them to pay 52,267 euros in costs. Dr. Shirley Radcliffe had recorded a narrative verdict and said Mr. Brown died of Mr. Brown died of a head injury following an inquest at Westminster Coroner's Court in July of 2017. She said it's not possible with the lack of CCTV to know how he came to have his head out of the window and whether he did it voluntarily or involuntarily. So someone could have pushed him up to the window and put him out of it, like put his head out of it. But they don't know that because they don't have closed circuit television in there. So they heard, the court did, how railway enthusiast Mr. Brown was traveling on an A-class train, A-class 442 train, where he put his head out of a window which was intended for use by conductors. Since there was no conductor and there was no one there to monitor the use and the safety signs were confusing, it's the railway's fault. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with more. Have a fantastic evening. God bless you. Stay on the right.